Roots and Shoots with Jamie, Charlotte and Sabrina on ABC Radio Perth and WA. Morning. Wow. Good morning. Now, for all our um, listeners that didn't get to see it, and you didn't either, Jamie, but I tell you, Charlotte was busting some very good moves to her song this morning. Really? Yeah. yeah my you got, selection jiggy. this morning. Jamie getting ducked out of the studio and I, and I played my Shah's pick, which was Getting Jiggy With It by Will Smith and just loved every second of it. Is that your jam? That's my jam. Yeah. She was jamming, Jamie. Nice. And you I got a couple it. of texts through endorsing the choice. Really? So oh. there you go. Okay. Look, mm. I stand corrected. Sure, there are plenty of people sitting at home not endorsing it. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, and can I just point out, I, I didn't just duck out of the studio, just if you're listening uh, around WA, just to have a break or grab a coffee. I met some alpacas on the corner. That's right. Yeah, because we had a bit of a pet special this morning, Charlotte, didn't we? So, um, yes, we did. Yeah, and some alpacas. They were cute, beautiful hair, apparently low impact. <laughs> Lovely hair. Lovely hair. <laughs> it's, they're the things I notice because <laughs> they're the things I struggle with. <laughs> No, they were cute. They have nice teeth as Long well. Long eyelashes. Oh, yeah, they've got beautiful eyelashes. They almost look like cartoons. Oh, don't, they use, don't they use alpacas for sheep as well or something? Is it alpacas to or guard is them. it llamas? Yeah, I think so, as a protector. As guard dogs. Yeah, no, that's true. Mm. But the fleece is pretty good. Mm. And then the you meat didn't it. even cut up, cover their ears when oh. Chris was telling me about it. Uh, the meat becoming more popular across oh. between lamb and veal. Really? Sounds good to me. Mm. Sounds mouth-watering. Mm. Oh, dear, the poor and then, things. And they've, then barely, <laughs> they've barely left the studio. I'm thinking Just about well. eating them. <laughs> Just as well they have by the Jolly Jingos. And you can knit their wool. Yes. Mm. Very soft. I've knitted llama wool. Have you? Mm. You've are really you, done it all. Are you a bit Not, of a knitter? Yeah, I love knitting. It's so relaxing. Is it? I remember the, the first serious boyfriend, I knitted him a jumper. And I was really offended because he never bloody well wore it. And I'd say, it's cold outside, wear your jumper. And, and it, was, it was Aran as well, which is a lot of work. What colour was it? Red with all oh, sorts wow. of colours. Well, there nothing subtle about your knitted he wasn't expression really, of love. He wasn't really a bright coloured boy. To be fair, you did um, stitch on the front of it. <laughs> Sabrina's he felt a little... Sabrina's this, man. Yeah. This belongs to me. Hands, Hands off, off, ladies. <laughs> I think it ended up, I took it to the op shop and thought someone will wear it. There you go. You ungrateful sod. No wife got pretty upset about it when they saw the stitching. <laughs> now, do you have anything you'd like to contribute uh, to our pet special? Today? Well, of course, I'm, I'm, I'm like Jamie. I'm just mad about dogs, mm. mad about dogs. Crazy for But growing up as a girl, we had lots of, as opposed to growing up as a boy, <laughs> which of course well, now is possible. Yes, Never was is. when I was young. I feel like we should dim the lights and we could really learn something about you, Sabrina. Different kind of roots and shoots today. Uh, we had lots of kangaroos because um, we would rescue the kangaroos when they were hit by cars, take the joeys and raise the joeys. So so I grew up with lots and lots of kangaroos and blue heeler dogs and the two of them actually got on very well. There wasn't a problem. So right. I love animals Aww. apart from rats. Yes. Don't like rats. I was reading a thing about avocados the other day and apparently avocados are poisonous to rats. I'm going to grow avocado trees all 
up and down the sides of my house. Oh, who would have thought? And horses. Oh. And sheep and cattle. But they say, someone told me that it was um, poisonous to dogs, but it's not. Oh, it isn't. I thought they no. were. No. The seed has um, persin in it, but they the dogs would need to eat quite a lot. Okay. It'll give them diarrhea. Don't want that, but it's not fatal. I don't know about I don't know about alpacas. Well, I well, I wouldn't want to test it because no. I don't want to see an alpaca with diarrhea anytime soon. <laughs> Especially the one with the dreadlocks. One of them, the hair, it's a different oh, breed. That's... It has dreadlocks and that would be very hard oh. clean-up job. Yeah, that would not be pleasant. No. Mm. Hey, I think we should move right along. And I, was, Melanie, I suppose so. Melanie has given us a call. She's in Kareen this morning. Hi, Melanie. Hi, how are you? We're, we're, uh, we're, we're champion. Good. We've got um, alpaca diarrhoea on the brain. So can you uh, <laughs> no, no. deliver us with your lily pilly question, please? We need it. Yes, I've planted um, some lily pillies for um, hedging or for a really tall hedge. Yeah. And we put them in in October. They were only small ones in five-litre pots, but um, they haven't really grown and I went to be the fast-growing ones, the goodbye neighbour. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, they just haven't grown very much at all. Now, it was six months ago you put them in, did you say? Yeah, October. So. Yeah, well, yeah. you know, there's things that are fast, but nothing's that fast, oh, really? Melanie. Yeah. <laughs> well, they um, two metres in a year, maybe. Well, they probably do in a Queensland rainforest. Oh, OK. Because um, lily pillies come from the eastern states on coastal volcanic soil with high rainfall in summer. So... Um, the conditions are a little bit different for them here. Look, they are fast growing and they will cut the mustard a little bit later on. Did you improve the soil when you put them in? No, we didn't. We'd had um, conifers in there that had got a disease. That oh, yeah, the conifer canker. So we, yeah. Yeah, so we pulled them out. And, yeah. Yeah, and then I think we just put these in. Oh, eh, bad move. <laughs> Bad move, Melanie. Did you make a buzzer sound <laughs> then? Like yeah, a correct answer? <laughs> right, put your husband near the phone <laughs> and you tell him this. Number okay. one, those conifers suck up every bit of nutrient and moisture from the soil. Okay. Number two, lily pillies come from the eastern states in really good soil with high summer rainfall. So if you just bung them in the ground, they probably won't grow at all, Melanie. Okay. <laughs> so now the good thing is you can get your husband to dig every single one up. Oh, no, really? Get a, yep. a get a, if you can get a rotary hoe, not a rotary hoe, an auger <laughs> to improve the hole and replant them, they'll take off. You've got to pour on compost and manure and fertiliser and water and then they'll grow quickly. Okay. What sort of um, manure is that? I'd get some compost and get cow manure. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So we should dig them up even if they've been in for six months? Well, I'd try. If there's a lot of root system around, it's going to be hard for you to dig around them and improve the soil. You could try that first. Okay. Yeah. All right, and then they should start growing. Yeah, yep, definitely. And can we do that now in winter? Yeah, of course you can. Melanie's got <laughs> some work ahead of her. She really didn't like the answer, I don't no, think, I don't either. Don't think she did. Oh, her husband will yeah. like it even less. There you go. Thank you. See, see, I know they're Australian natives, but you have to look at where those natives actually come from. And the eastern states' growing conditions is very different to here in Perth, particularly Kareen. Yes. Mm. Now... 
If you've got a question for Sabrina this morning, just like Melanie did, you can give us a call on 1300 720 or you can send a text. Jamie is manning the iPad. Oh, he is. 0437 720. Get those roots and shoots cues in. Uh, Lauren has done that. Lauren's in Stoneville. Good morning. Good morning. morning. I'm so thrilled to speak with you. I'm Ah. not a gardener, but I actually have a gardening question. Oh, Lauren, you've hit the jackpot this morning. (laughs) (laughs) I certainly have. Now, um, long story short, um, we had a neighbour's tree fall and crush a quarter of our house. Um, Wow. They now have to replace our back pergola and our grapevine that's been at the place longer than we have has wound its way around the pillars of the... um, the pillars of the pergola, yeah. and they have to remove it. Is there any way I can save it? I've, I know how to do the basic, but this is going to need a serious prune. A serious prune. Okay. Mm. So, Lauren, the first thing that you need to do is take some cuttings from that grapevine and you need the hardwood cuttings just in case. So that's that's just if the worst happens and you lose the grapevine. If you take cuttings, they will need to be about 30 to 40 centimetres long. You can take some that are 20 centimetres long. I'd take quite a few cuttings and put them in a potting mix and you can put three or four cuttings in the one pot. So do that okay. straight away. And now, literally, sorry, I'm so ignorant. Is that oh. literally just taking strips of... Yes. Of the bar. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Strips of the the stem, but not yep. where it's green. They've got to be hard. Yep. Woody. And brown. Yep. Woody. Woody. That's the word. Uh, now, with your with the grapevine, do you have to dig it up as well, um, or just prune apparent, it right back? Well, they just said um, they didn't really give instruction, but it, it will have to. Unfortunately, the the on the side I'm put there's actually two. It's it starts wrapping quite low down, so okay. it goes to, from the ground. Up to that, yeah. Look, if you can get about a metre in length, it should be okay. Okay. If you can save a metre. Yep. Um, and just have two branches, then it yep. should recover. Okay. Oh, that's exciting. Mm, mm. And it's, a, you know, it's perfect timing. Well, not really to lose half your house, but um, perfect timing to take cuttings of grapefruit, uh, of grapevines and for pruning. So, well, that's good. Some mm, good news for Lauren. What a mm. trying time that has been. Not all of our callers are usually that extreme. In no, I know. It's a bit sad, isn't it? So mm. good luck to you, Lauren. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, a few texts coming through as well, Sabrina. Zero four three seven nine double two seven twenty. Hey, Sabrina, help. Okay. My fig tree is sprouting new growth as if it's spring. Does this mean I've lost the opportunity to prune it back for no. next season? No. It's Elizabeth in no. Hammersley. What you have to do, Elizabeth, is you force it into dom- to, to, to become, you know, deciduous. So take all those leaves off, take the new growth off and hook into it. How good's this? An avocado farmer mm. who says, Sabrina, whoever told you that they're poisonous for rats has no idea. They love them and oh, they're not poisoned oh by no. them. So Damn. hold off on the planting. Oh, That's no good. I thought you had a solution so to the I. rat problem of Perth. Back to the shotgun. Oh. <laughs> the blowtorch. If only. If only. Oh, dear. Uh, Alan wants to know the best time to prune roses in Albany. Ah, oh, in Albany, I'd yeah. wait till the end of July. 
Okay, there is you go. Is it your mum calling or is it... You did know? you hear that, did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I don't know who oh, that the is. Other listeners know it. what the rule is. <laughs> it's a carton of beer. Uh-uh. That's one of my best friends, Aaron, who just sent oh. me a text message. Oh, did he? Does yeah. he want a gardening question answered, perhaps? No, he lives in an apartment. Aaron, oh. uh, he, his parents gave him uh, one of those gardening wall kind of things you can oh, put yeah, on your green apartment. Wall. Green yeah. wall. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just with some kind of herbs and yeah. bits and pieces. Yeah. About six weeks it got before just yeah, completely dead. dead. They don't work in Perth. No? It's too hot, too windy, and you're growing something in like a cup full of soil. Yeah, okay. Not not a winning combination. You know what? If he spent a little less time texting you while you're at work <laughs> and a little more time Watering. listening to Sabrina's mm, advice, we wouldn't true. be in this situation. Oh, no. Let's go to Di in Hillary's, who has a magnolia question. Hi, Di. Yes, hi. I'm... About five years ago, we had landscaping done at my place, mm-hmm. and um, we had magnolia teddy bears planted, yep. part yep. of the arrangement, and they chucked in soil and everything. Yeah. And they were mature, like they were quite expensive. Mm-hmm. Anyway, they haven't really grown all that much, but over the years, with, you know, I fertilise them and water them and all the rest of it, um, they're sort of dying. Um, I've had two die, mm-hmm. and the ones that are left are just, um, I don't know, they don't seem to grow all that much, but they just seem to have leaves that seem to be a bit falling off a bit and and I just don't know what I'm not doing right. Well, it's not you, Hillary. If that makes you any any feel any better, die. It's not it's not you. Um, now, how close to the coast are you? Very. Okay. There you go. So, magnolias, even though they're sold as tough as old boots plants, they don't like salt-laden winds. Oh. <laughs> so, not a good choice for right on the coast, die. Right. So my landscaper needs to... Replace them with something that will grow in Hillary's. Oh, well, that was... I mean, it's been five five years that they've been there. uh, Yeah, yeah. But what happens is they gradually, and you will have seen it with them, they just gradually go backwards. Yep, yep. Mm. So just the wrong choice. Wrong choice. Okay, thank you very much. Okay, He's sorry, Di. Bearer of a lot of bad news today. I know. Thanks I'm a bit for you, like the Grim Reaper this morning. You are yeah. a little. Um, hey, Adrian. Oh. You enjoyed that a little too much, Sabrina. <laughs> Adrian, I hope that um, we can do a better job for you this morning. You're in Albany. Morning. Good morning. I hope I'm not the Grim Reaper. Yes. No, no, yes. no. I'll keep. I'll keep my little axe behind my back, Adrian. I thought it might have been a chainsaw. Never know with her. You never know. No, no, that's. Uh, I've got. Uh, I've got a 600 square metre block. I've got four avocado trees. Yeah. And they're about three or four metres high. And they're, yeah. They're still fruiting. Yep. When can I prune them? Uh, I, I wouldn't bother. They're still fruiting, Adrian. They're not that big. You can prune them to shape, um, but it's the wrong time of the year to prune them now. So usually prune them around spring. So about September, October. I'd make it October in Albany. Yeah, right. Yeah. They've been a good fruiter. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. I always think if something's working well, just leave it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, that's what our friends and relatives think. They've been harvesting off it. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, so how yes. big, how, um, how old did you say they were? Five years? Oh, I've got uh, maybe eight, nine years old. Oh, they're eight or nine years old. Okay. Yeah, um, maybe more, I don't know, because we bought the house four years ago. So. Do you have to prune them? Oh, just to shape them up. Oh, yeah. They're getting a yep. bit, bit large. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. 
Yep, yep. 25 metres at least. Okay, well, wait until spring. Right, okay. Okay, Adrian. Thanks, Adrian. I'll lock the chainsaw up there. Yeah, put the chainsaw back in the shed. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll, I'll... Thank you. Okay, <laughs> thanks, Adrian. Take the weekend off, my friend. Uh, let's stay in Albany and go to Peter. Morning. Good morning. Morning, Peter. Yep. Um, I've got a question, another fig tree question. Mm-hmm. I, a little fig tree, I bought it as a cutting. Yeah. 13 or 14 inches tall. Yeah. And it's got four little fruit on it. Will they, Miss <laughs> Oh, my God, you've got a corker there. Um, well, no, I would take that fruit off, Peter. Okay. I wouldn't leave the fruit on. It probably won't develop anyway, won't develop properly, but it's going to take a lot of energy away from your little cutting. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, But you could frame them, take a photo of them. Yeah, the first fruit. <laughs> yep, that's exactly right. My uh, other problem is that I don't know whether it's, uh, they lose their leaves in winter. Like, uh, yeah, they do. Yep. yep. Oh, that's why it's gone... Uh, brown, rusty-looking colour, the leaves. That's exactly right, Peter. So that's a normal response to winter. Uh, I thought it might have been some sort of a fungus or something. No, no, no. That's just normal. Yep. Hmm. Yeah, the other thing is, uh, if you ever down this way in Albany... Yeah? ...see a big uh, grove of... I think they call them grass trees. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Out at the airport, uh, they just grow like hairs on a cat's back. We've got them from really old ones down to little baby ones, and they're always new ones sprouting up everywhere. How fantastic. And uh, the other thing is, in that same area, those Christmas trees... Or oh, the, yeah, the Nutsia, yeah? Yeah. They grow really well there, and every Christmas time, around Christmas time, we get a beautiful display oh. of the uh, trees. Oh, it must be absolutely beautiful. Thank you so much. Peter has given us a little tourist drive I around know, Albany. I love that. Isn't that great? I miss Albany. It's Just another thing. Part. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, on the text. Peter. Yeah, that was good. Uh, this is from Sab. Another Sab. Ah. Yeah. Um, Do you text yourself? I, well, often. <laughs> I have to remind myself of things. <laughs> That's funny. Um this is in North Perth. So they have a north-facing courtyard garden yeah. uh, in North Perth, tall fence on the east side yeah. and ornamental pears on the west. Yeah. Okay, so I'm drawing a little mud map here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two plane trees planted right in the middle of the courtyard. So the, there's a rectangular section of grass just below it and yeah. the issues with the grass underneath those plane trees. So yeah, the issue would be with anything underneath. Two, I wouldn't put two plane trees in a courtyard. Plane trees are enormous trees. Well, they're there and yeah. the trees okay. are getting bigger and bigger. Yes. The light is getting... Less and less. Yeah, there you go. And yeah. the grass is slowly dying. What of could course. I plant in these conditions that's a green ground cover? Needs to be grandkid friendly. Oh, is that yeah, the way yeah. to solve it? Yeah, yeah. Um, so you can use dichondra, D-I-C-H-O-N-D-R-A, and I'd take out one of those bloody plane trees because they're not grandchild friendly because people have terrible allergies to yeah, plane trees. Yeah, don't we know it. Yeah. So the streets here in East Perth literally mm. run with plane trees yeah. and yeah. they get right inside your mm. lungs, yeah. don't they? <laughs> but go. dichondra will work under shade, improve the soil first. You can buy it in trays where you just cut it up like lamingtons. That's lamingtons, not lemmingtons. And then you just plonk them in in little squares and off they go.
Okay. Hey, another one here from Sarah who's in Jarradale. Uh, she's planning on making a long veggie patch uh, and planting fruit trees amongst an olive grove of around 150 trees, concerned that uh, the seeds might not germinate or the seedlings might have issues growing. Do you think there'll be any issues there? Seedlings of the olives or seedlings of the fruit trees? I think the fruit trees. Um, no, they should be fine. But, look, you're going to have to control your olives. You need to prune them down and keep them short and fat. Okay. They like it like that. There you Ooh. go. Lovely. But you'd be fine with the fruit trees. Hey, let's go to Mary, who's in Craigie. Good morning, Mary. Um, good morning. Good morning, uh, Mary. Hi, Sabrina. Just a question about a... Uh, a Princess Daphne that yeah. I bought at a market. Yeah. Um, and the label looks beautiful, but it hasn't done anything for me. I wonder. <laughs> 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 it, you it, you it, feel you've been happened. duped, Mary. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> don't say that. It comes out in lovely little buds, and then yeah. the buds just don't do anything. They don't open up or okay. anything. Yeah. Now, Mary, have you got it in a pot or in the ground? In a pot. Okay, that's good. Don't take it out of the pot because they die when you put them in the ground, oh, most oh. mostly. Um, so with Daphne's, it's a tricky thing. You have to just find the right spot that they like. Okay. Um, so they like dappled light. They don't okay. like strong wind. and they oh, li- or, or Yeah, that could be the problem, Mary. Okay, I've taken it in out of the rain because I, I kind of had it, as the label says, it, it loves um, full sun. Yeah, no, um, no, 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 no. That's because the labels are made over east. So over oh. east in Victoria, they'll take full sun. They certainly will not in Western Australia. Oh, my goodness. All so right. they need morning sun or dappled light and okay. then afternoon shade. I have a lovely shady spot to put it in then. Perfect. Okay, and will, will it die or will I... No, no, no. No, no, no. It won't die. Um, what I'd do is give it a liquid feed with a seaweed solution plus a fish-based liquid fertiliser. Okay. And, and you pour it all over the foliage and into the soil. So a liquid fertiliser mm-hmm. and a sea-based. Yep. Okay, we'll yep. give that a go and hopefully it'll... Perfume like the label says. That's exactly <laughs> right, Mary. Thank you very much, Mary. That never occurred to me that the labels on plants that give you lots, lots of, of instructions, mm, they're mm. not made in WA. No. They're not tailored for our climate. No, uh, absolutely not. So people get stuff and they, it says, you know, placing full sun. And then in Western Australia on gutless sandy soil or even heavy clay soil up in the hills, as soon as temperatures rise above 34, sizzled. They're done. Mm. Oh, dear. Uh, Lauren is in Ashfield this morning. Hi, Lauren. Hi, guys. How are you going? Yeah, good. Good. Um, I've got a south-facing garden bed. It's about six metres long by one and a half metres wide. Yep. So it's getting obviously full shade now, but it's going to get full sun in summer. Yep. Um, I would like some bird-attracting plants to go in it, preferably yep. native if possible. Yeah. And um, no more than, say, a metre and a half tall. Okay. Um, Melaleucas will cut the mustard for you. So yep. you can try some of the shrub Melaleucas because they're all right if it's not, you know, you don't get a lot of sun there in winter. The other thing that will do well is Brainia, B-R-E-Y-N-I-A, iron stone. And that, that's bird track is the Brainia. My, I have the little... 
uh, New Holland honey eaters and they nest every single year in Mybrania, every year, and that's on the south side. Same thing, gets no sun in winter, blasted in summer, happy yep. as. Um, and they have it, the flower is very small and you may not notice it, but the birds come and they suck the nectar. So, um, and you can keep that prune to whatever height that you want. The other thing that you could use, you know, in the Melaleucas, you could use one called Narrow Nessie. Mm-hmm. Um, that has lovely blue flowers. Oh, really? Is yeah. It flower well, I know Little Nessie doesn't flower that well. No, nah, it doesn't it really. No, nah, okay. it flowers about the same as, okay. <laughs> as Narrow Nessie. <laughs> the only other thing I can think of, it's not native, but it has flowers, is uh, Raphaelepsis. Okay. Raphaelepsis Snow Maiden. There you go. Plenty of suggestions to work on, Lauren. Thank you very much. Let's uh, take one more call and then we're just going to pause for breath after oh. that. But <laughs> let's, let's go to Tanya in Geraldton. Hi, Tanya. Hi. Hi, Tanya. Um, Hello, how are you all going? Good. We're good. That's good. I just have a question about a locust um, tree that we have. Mm-hmm. We're in Geraldton. Yeah. Um, so we're probably maybe three kilometres from the coast. Yeah. Sort of upwards. Yeah. Um, and we've got it in a pot, but it just seems to be struggling. And I'm just wondering whether we... What is the best time to put it in the ground and what do we really have to do with it? Okay. The great thing is locusts are as tough as old boots and this is the perfect time to put it in the ground, Tanya. Okay. So they don't like being in a pot. So um, I'd put it in the ground. Remember they get quite wide. So when they're mature, they're about five metres wide. Yep. Four to five metres wide. Um, just they're really tough. So just bung in a bit of, you know, a bit of compost, a bit of manure, a little tiny bit of clay, um, slow-release fertiliser and it'll fairly take off. Okay. And there's no best position to plant it in? Full you sun. Know? Full, Full sun. sun. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. No worries. So it won't sort of keel over and die in no. our the previous callers? No. <laughs> In the pot, in the pot, it's all the leaves are sort of all going all brown, and it's yeah. new ones, and then they all go brown. Yeah, again, no, so. just uh, they just don't like being in pots. pots. They've got they've got a quite an extensive root system, so you need to get it in the ground. Um, okay, yeah. and as the root system is extensive, is it invasive as no, well? No, 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 not at all, not at all. Okay. No. All right, lovely. You've solved my problem. Fantastic, Thank you Tanya. Thank you, Tanya. <laughs> Thanks for your call. No worries. Thank you. Bye. Bye. You've gone from the Grim Reaper to the Green Reaper. Ha! Hey. Oh, like that. <laughs> Only took me 25 minutes to get there as well. I love it's it. Damn good. Let's get back to the phones because they are lighting up. I was just going to say there's a few texts already coming through. Oh, really? Already? Oh, is there? Yeah, a few people saying, I was expecting Iron Maiden from you. <laughs> hey. <laughs> I love her. There's still some time. <laughs> oh, don't you worry. Oh, she's Everyone back every week. <laughs> and Sam questioning uh, maybe the substances you're on in the forest at that moment. <laughs> <laughs> might have hit the nail on the head there, Sam. <laughs> oh, Not telling. Fantastic. <laughs> We're gonna, yeah, we're gonna explore those um, musical choices as the weeks go on. So thank you very much. For that. Yeah, that my nice, pleasure. Nice little breather. But let's go to Trevor, who's in Bustleton. Good morning. Good morning, Sabrina. Great song. Ah, oh, oh, thank you, Trevor. Long story short. Yep. Uh, wedding bushes. I put in a hedge of that nine last year, and the wind, which I was going to trim them back, because they're grown so good, and I thought, no, nah, a bit longer. And of course, uh, I lost three down to the butt. So will I grow back? Nah. Uh, okay. Well, look, if you've got a little bit of stem left, 
But yep. the big problem is, Trevor, is the what happens when they go the wibbly-wobbly, roundy-roundy in the wind, it actually weakens the whole structure. So you're better off just replacing them and and pruning them every year. I've lost so many wedding bushes um, from the same thing. Not weddings, you understand, but understand. wedding bushes. Um, and so it's really important to keep them... You know, when you buy them as a seedling, cut them in half. Okay. When you put them in the ground, prune the bush in half so that the energy is going down to the root system. Thank you for that. Appreciate that. My pleasure, Trevor. Excellent, Trevor. Thank you very much. Shall we go to Diane in Ardross? Diane, good morning. Hi, how are you going, guys? Good, good. Good. Look, um, I'm my husband and I are uh, having a seed change down in Dunsborough. Yeah. But at the moment, we're in Ardross, and um, around the corner, there's a vacant block, and it's got all these liquid amber sprouting from a, a huge tree that was cut down. Yeah. If I dig those up, will they grow? Yep. Oh, Without good. a doubt, Diane. Easy peasy. And um, is it a good time to dig them up now? Most definitely. The okay. best time. Oh, excellent. And are they fast growers? Mm, moderate. No, more medium growers. Oh, <laughs> they're not, okay. They're not fast, no. So, so you're looking at to get a mature tree that's, say, 12 metres high, yeah. you'd be looking at probably eight years. Holy heck. Have you got eight, <laughs> got eight years left in you there, Diane? <laughs> so if I wanted something, because we've got a bit of acreage and I wanted something, I wanted to tree up the block. Yeah. So what would be a fast grower down there? It well, doesn't any, have to be. It anything, can be a native. Okay. Anything that grows really fast dies young. So, oh, okay. <laughs> so you're better off getting a moderate grower keeping okay. yourself nice and healthy yeah. <laughs> for the next 20 years. <laughs> you know you know what, Diane, the, the ones that you dig up and grow will grow faster than a mature one in a pot anyway. Oh, okay. Excellent. Yeah. So, so it's right. worth the effort and the I'll weight. I'll get my husband on to it. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. Excellent. Thank you so much. Have That'll keep him day. healthy. Thank Bye. you, Diane. Thank you very much. Hubby's hadn't had a good run today, <laughs> have they? We are putting them to work today. <laughs> Gee, to They're being hammered today. Hope my wife's not listening. <laughs> <laughs> You're going home to bed. Um, <laughs> should we go to Hillary in yeah, Fremantle? I think so. Hillary's been waiting patiently. Hi, Hillary. Hi. Uh, uh, look, I know you had a question this morning about grapes. Yeah. Can you recommend the best grapes for Perth uh, and being in sand and limestone? Well, grapes actually don't mind sand and limestone, Hillary, and I can't really recommend a grape because grapes are such a personal choice. It's like recommending an artwork because all grapes have such different flavours. So, okay, so there's no one grape that actually grows here better than not, others? Not really. So you're in Fremantle, so the soil's yeah. going to have a pH of about nine and a half. Uh, <laughs> and you'll probably hit Caprock limestone so the biggest thing that you have to do and you have to remember in Fremantle all the Sicilians and the Italians and the Greeks came over and the first thing they did was put in grapes and they all do magnificently well I'd walk around your neighborhood talk to whoever's out in their back garden with grapes and say is that a good variety and can I have a cutting yeah 
Okay. I'd well, do that. Yeah. Because um, some of those older grapes you can't get now and they do so well in Fremantle. Yeah. Mm. I'd, I'd do the whole local walk. It's a good idea. They're mm. always up for a deal as well. Absolutely. my nonno, he needs to get like the, you know, the spare leaves you get um, from the, the lettuce. Oh, yeah, he yeah. likes to give them to his chooks. Yeah. But the, the supermarket near him it doesn't let him do it. <gasps> So I did a little deal with one of the guys that works there. He makes him pasta, <laughs> like a big batch of pasta once a month, or well, nonna does, and then he comes along and meets him at the back and gets a bag of the, the lettuce wonderful. leaves that they're going to throw away yeah, anyway. Yeah, I know. So there you go. Fancy oh, not I giving love them to. I reckon what else do we right. need? I'm, I'm willing to trade pretty much anything for pasta. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much. I'll be the middleman. Okay. <laughs> or there'll uh, be a tax. There you go. That's a good idea, though. Go talk to a few people, get a cutting. Yeah, Away you go. Definitely. Happy days. Uh, a few more texts coming through. I have a six to eight metre tall bottle brush and it's mm. shooting a metre from the ground. Can I prune it to a metre from Kim? Yeah, of course you can. Of course go you hard. can, Kim. Go for it. Well, uh, oh, there's a few texts coming through. Uh, just going back to that moment in the forest, which is <laughs> interesting, and I want to leave those alone. <laughs> there was a really good text here that was talking about, and I'm, I'm going to kind of buy some time until I find it. It was from Vince, I think. Mm. Oh, here we go. He was talking. Vincenzo. Yeah, he was asking about an alternative to magnolias. Uh, if you live near the ocean. So he's in a over 55s village yeah. and he has a narrow one metre wide garden uh, with some building rubble, enhanced gutless soil. <laughs> enhanced gutless in soil. Manja. What else besides so, a magnolia? Um, so you could use some of the potosprums. There's one that's called screen, ice screen, no, screen, something to do with screening, <laughs> that potosprum. <laughs> And it's got a thicker, thicker leaf. You could also use any of the lily pillies. Okay. Do so much better than magnolias. Um, you could also use the viburnum tinus. And don't use the other viburnums, but viburnum tinus and viburnum anvi and viburnum suspensum are really good picks if you want something that's similar to magnolia. So you need to get a bit more guts in that soil, yeah, just help definitely. it out a bit? Yeah, Okay. Uh, and another one here from uh, Valerie who says, mm-hmm. I have a, a brainia ironstone. Yes. Yes, uh, which has been doing pretty well until the last three weeks, started to lose all of its leaves. Oh, yeah. Well, I didn't think they were deciduous. Can you help? They're not deciduous if they're in full sun. If okay. you have them where, so on mine, which are on the south side, because it gets completely shaded in winter, they start to go semi-deciduous. But they won't lose all their leaves. So it's okay. There's nothing to worry about. They put their leaves back on in, in July, August. No stress. Stress not, my friends. Excellent. Hey, Dave is in Waterloo this morning. Hi, Dave. Good morning, all. Morning, Water. Morning, Dave. I was going to call you Morning Waterloo. Do you know, if I lived in Waterloo, you know what I'd do? I'd go and get myself a Napoleon hat and just punts around the place in it. What, with me hand tucked into my shirt? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> now, you're not only gorgeous, but you've got good taste in music, too. Oh, oh thank you, Dave. Wait till you hear the next selections. You may change your mind. Why not be my <laughs> I don't mind a little bit of head banging, chicken killing music either. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll bring that out later, though. Now, Seb, uh, I've planted onions. I've planted a heap of browns. Yeah. And bead being dopey Dave, I've forgotten to do the whites. Am I too late? No, certainly not, Dave. Put them in. 
Because our springs are coming later and later. So, no, I'd put them in. Rattle. That's your job for this weekend, Dave. Oh, no, next weekend. I'm, oh, okay. I'm, <laughs> I'm busy keeping the fire soaked up in the shed at the moment. Yeah, good job, good job. It's a bit chilly. Thanks, Dave. Thank you very much for your call this morning. Do you know, it'd be interesting to find out what people do in their sheds. Oh, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? Over winter, you know. Because you kind of, like where my fire pit is, is quite near the shed, and I think about all the things I could do in my shed that no one would know about. Wow. You know, because you're in your shed. Yeah. You could make your own salami. You could. Do your own biltong. Yeah. I don't know. All those things. Pat llamas. Yeah, pat llamas. And alpacas. That's why some people have more than one shed. Yeah, I Single know. Single-use shed, Sabrina. Oh, I know. I'd love another shed. Yep. You could have the uh, the sausages drying in one. Yep. You could have the garlic from the roof in the other. I have that in the shed already. Yeah. Well, That's last impressive. year it did. Mm. That's it. Mm. But the willy wagtails, when they nest in my shed, I can't go in there. Why not? They just dive bomb you constantly. Oh, yeah, of course. Your shed, though. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe um true. What's going on there? <laughs> Maybe next week our talk back topic can be what private activity do you do in your shed? I'm Keeping sure that clean, is down though. Don't no. want to see those picture messages coming through. No, no, we don't. No, we, we just want to know what um, activity. Well, no, we might need to change mm. that too. I think we, let's maybe think this over. Yeah, yeah we we'll not on air. Meanwhile, <laughs> we'll, we'll nut it out. There are people desperate to ask gardening questions, so let's go to Neil in Bunbury. I'm trying to keep everyone in line, Neil. Good I morning. know you're doing a pretty good job. Gee whiz. I'm, I'm pretty impressed, Charlotte. Thanks. Put my foot down. Hello, Neil. Neil. Good morning. How are you going? Yeah, good. Uh, Sabrina, I've planted a peppermint tree at the front of our house a couple of years ago. Yeah. Going really great. Yeah. It's got two main branches off the trunk, but it's now started to split right down the middle of the trunk. Ooh. Now, that's not good. So there's two things there. It could be borer. So you may have the longicorn beetle boring in. So you've got to look for little round holes where frass, where sawdust comes out, because they're susceptible to borer. It can be a rot where where the, the the where the branches have come out. It's split a little bit. The rain's got in, and now it's rotting all the way down to the to the main uh, trunk. And if it is, if there's no disease and it's just physically splitting because of the weight of the branches, you can actually bolt them, bolt that together. Right. So you get strapping. Um, so, first of all, you can actually drill a dirty great big bolt through the entire trunk of the tree and screw it up. Or you get a banding that is, uh, it's like a clamp, but it's a big clamp with a big screw on it and you screw it up so it bands it together. Okay, yep. Sounds so good. That's, that's your alternative, say, Neil. All right, thank you very much. My Thanks, pleasure. Neil. Excellent. Uh, do you want to take another call? We'll go to Ricky. Yep. In Girraween. Ricky, good morning. Hi, how are you going? Yeah, good, Ricky. Um, I've got a question about a little jacaranda I've got. Yeah. It um, uh, grew itself from seed from a neighbour's house. Yeah. And it's now about probably the size of a 10 cent piece in diameter down at the, yeah. the base of it. Yep. And about probably 70 centimetres tall. Yeah. 
I want to move it because it's, it's actually grown up between the paving stones, which was fine when it was tiny. <laughs> wow. But it's getting a little bit too big for that now, and it's yeah. a bit close to a wall and everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm terrified of killing it because I'm no. quite fond of it. Okay, so, so what you're going to have to do, Ricky, can you take up two pavers so you can get a shovel down there and get down pretty deep? Yes. Okay, that's the main thing. They transplant really well, Ricky. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. So, and you need to do it now, so do it this weekend and you won't have any problem. Okay. They transplant um, well. And does it, it's got sort of more or less full sun because it's on the north side of the house, it's out the front of the house. Yeah. Do I need to put it somewhere where it's going to be in full sun still? Yeah, they have to be in full sun, Ricky. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay, cool. Great, Perfect. thanks. Easy. Thank you very much, Ricky. Let's just quickly dash over to Kylie in Kalgoorlie because Kylie's been waiting very patiently. Morning, Kylie. Morning. Morning, Morning. Kylie. You're either in a rainstorm or driving or something. Currently driving with a head cold. Oh, okay. Well, we, we can't do much about your head cold, but hopefully we can help your Bougainvillea. And that is a nice level of detail. Thank you. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. We, when we bought the house, they were already out of control and I have basically done absolutely nothing to them, no maintenance, yeah. no trimming for the last six years. Yeah. Can I take cuttings? Where from? And can I stick the buggers in a pot? No, you can't put them in a pot. Yes, you can take cuttings, but it is the wrong time of the year. So you have to take the cuttings about... October, September, October. They have to be about 20 to 30 centimetres long and you need to come down to the harder wood. Um, And then I would get a chainsaw that's got a very long arm on it and then just prune the hell out of those bougainvilliers. The Reaper returns. (laughs) Uh, This from... Alan, who's in Chewett Hill, he's got three different chilli plants in pots under his patio, all Mm -hmm. growing pretty well, still Mm -hmm. producing fruit. Mm -hmm. Should I be pruning down for the winter? (sighs) That's a tricky thing. Um, You should prune down, but you can't prune down too hard because they'll die over winter. But take a third off. A bit of a soft prune for Alan. Yep. Okay. Uh, hi, I've been given two dragon fruit plants. Mm-hmm. Lucky you. Will they grow in Joondalup? And uh, yep. is there any special preparation to ensure they survive? Yes, they will grow in Joondalup. I would keep them in a pot in a very, very, very warm place because they're a tropical cactus. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, they'll grow really well. Dave says thanks for the fun. You're welcome. Uh, and also in his shed, he uh, he's bottling his homebrew. Ah, see, there you go. No worries. It's starting to happen already. We're out of here in eight minutes. We'll see you in 12. Yeah. And uh, Chad wants to know, is it possible to transplant, you think I'm joking, a 50-year-old grapevine to some large pots? He's trying to save them from a vineyard before it's stripped for housing. Okay, look, I don't know about digging it up, but you could certainly take cuttings at this time of the year. So 20 to 30 centimetre cuttings from the hardwood and they'll grow. So that's your best bet doing it like that. Nice effort too. Yeah. 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 Before we get to the last of the calls, mm. I do want to make sure we get to Ron, oh, who Ron. tried to call last week as well yeah. and asked if you can get a selective spray to remove kaikuyu from cooch, cooch grass. grass. No, whatever kills kaikuyu will kill your cooch because they're a grass. Um, the only thing you could do, Ron, is to get one of those wicking wand things with and put a herbicide in it and then 
wick wick along the kaikuya run and it'll kill the kike but it won't kill the cooch. I'm glad we got to that for Ron. Wick along. Just like that. Just like that. Dance that yeah. goes with it, Ron. Yep. A little bit of wicking. It's a little side-to-side work. see that. Yeah. That was that good. Groovy. Uh, Annette is in Maylands. Hi, Annette. Oh, hello. Good morning. Morning, morning Annette. We, we have a sedium head. There's about 16 across the front of our house. Yeah. And there's three or four that have gone a little bit yellow. It's a couple of years old. Yep. Typical at this time of the year, Annette, because they're a warm climate lily pilly, so quite often you'll get them going a little bit yellow, but it may be an iron and manganese deficiency, so you'll need to get a liquid spray on trace element, but also get a fertiliser that's high in trace elements. So do both liquid trace elements and granular fertiliser because it's uh, it could be um, iron and manganese deficiency. Oh, thank you. And my other question is just what's your best advice in terms of trimming it to keep it, to start to get it to fill in a bit more? Uh, you're better off trimming it in spring, not during winter, because you'll get all that new growth in spring. So you can prune off however much you want. You can go hard. Thanks for your call, Annette. Go hard. Let's go to Jason in Bentley. Hi, Jason. Hey, good morning, guys. Hey, Serena. Yeah. But- some really tall conifers that lie in the back fence. Yeah. There's about six of them, and yeah. they're maybe about, oh, they're probably up at about maybe 10 to 15 metres tall. Yeah. And they've, they've grown, I've been, we've been there 18 months, and they've just grown out of control in that time. I can't really recall if they'd had much maintenance before that, but um, they, they come right off the fence in their garden bed and maybe two or three, two or, two or so metres out with their branches. Yeah. Um, and I've kind of taken to it and I've got halfway down the, the, the line of them yep. and I started by just hedge trimming but the branches were too thick and they come out too far so I've I've swapped up to the um, chainsaw <laughs> and I've gone <laughs> as you do and I've decided to cut them because there was so much dead undergrowth um, hidden in amongst yeah. the branches. Yeah. I've gone back and I've to about two metres so I've got some clearance in the garden bed I've um, I've cut all of the branches back to the, the trunk. Yeah. Do you think this is a good idea? Uh, yeah. Well, you had no other choice, Jason. So <laughs> that's the trouble with conifers. They get all that dead, mucky stuff inside. So if you want them looking decent, you have to prune them. You can't prune them halfway anyway because they'll die all the way back to the main stem. So you've done the right thing. Just another question. Um, at one end, yeah. Um, in the time that we've been there, because they've, they've all been quite green and, and lush, They've, I've started seeing um, some bed spots coming out ah. from the bed spots. Now, the bad news for you, Jason, is that I would say they've got conifer canker, ceridium, which is a fungal disease. It's spore-borne. The wind blows the spores and they're all going to cop it. So I would be looking at an alternative to replace those conifers in five years' time when they die or you start injecting them and spraying them with phosphacid now. Uh, do you know, I think I just did something really bad. <gasps> What'd you do? I you hung I up on someone? I accidentally hung up on him in the middle of the answer. That's oh. okay. If he turns the radio on, he would have got the end of it. Yeah. 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 Sorry. Oh, sorry. Sorry, Jason. That's I what really, you get for asking two questions, that. Jason. No, no I'm sorry. Jason, that's what you get when they put me in charge of the buttons, which is always dangerous. So um, I hope you got the answer that you wanted. You can always listen back online. Mm. We've got... 
a couple of minutes left, so let's uh, get through to Len in Carnarvon. Hi, Len. Oh, good morning. Morning, Len. Uh, Sabrina, I bought a plant uh, similar to a pawpaw yeah. uh, some years ago. Yeah. Uh, it grows in cooler weather. That Some places in America it grows up to uh, uh, a bit of alt- altitude as well, but yeah. I've forgotten its name. Babaco. What was it? Babaco. Babaco. Yeah, B-A-B-A-C-O-Yeah-That's-the-one-thanks-very-much-very-much-Sabrina-Sabrina-Sabrina-Sabrina-Sabrina-Sabrina-Sabrina-Sabrina-Sabrina-Sabrina-Sabr